A headline in uh, uh, an online journal caught my attention the other day. It read, everything is amazing and nobody's happy. The article actually was all about the incredible technological advances that uh, have occurred in our lifetimes. Um, and we don't really appreciate them. We tend to take it all for granted. So the article begins, we fly through the air and complain about the food. We project our thoughts around the globe almost instantaneously and then complain about a one-second leg. We live in the age of miracles. We live with machines that can painlessly look inside of us when we are sick and medicines that can heal us from things that were deadly a century ago. We should all be amazed all the time. We should be freaking out in wonder, marveling at the view from 30,000 feet and the wirelessly connected supercomputers we're carrying in our pockets. I like that. We should be freaking out with wonder. But we're not, right? Everything is amazing right now, and nobody's happy. We have lost our ability to be amazed not just by technology, but by the sheer miracle of life itself. We fail to realize how blessed we really are. You and I have more to be grateful than any people uh, in uh, world history. Yes, we have all sorts of technological marvels that have made our lives better. We can all be glad that we live in this century and not in previous centuries when life was short and brutal, where medical care was non-existent, and where sewage ran in the streets. Now, I'm aware that there are still some places in the world where sewage still, uh, you know, is running in the streets. But for us, in Muckleteo, we have more than enough to eat. We have comfortable places to live. We have people who care about us. And yet it's so easy for us to get down in the mouth about life. We have so much to be thankful for, to be amazed about, and yet so many of us feel unsatisfied and grumpy and greedy and resentful, the constant barrage of advertisements that we get from the media of smiling, happy, attractive people who are driving new cars and got the latest technological gadgets and they're wearing the latest fashions, all lead us to believe that what we already have is not good enough, that we have to have something more if we are to achieve the good life. Now, we, know, we all know that this is a lie, right? And yet we so easily get snookered into this kind of thinking, this consumerist kind of thinking, that if only I had more money and more food, a better job, a nicer house, or the next best thing in technological wizardry, then I would be happy. 
But the thing is, we already have so much stuff. And yet we don't appreciate what we have. We take it for granted. And we're not happy. We never have enough. And of course, happiness has nothing to do with this. Happiness is tied to an attitude. It's tied to an approach to life. It's all about gratitude. Gratitude is the secret of happiness. Now, some people think that you, that you first have to be happy before you can be grateful. But that's not so. It's the other way around. You have to be grateful before you can be happy. Become grateful and you will become a happier person. Expressions of thanksgiving and gratitude abound in Scripture. I like the way Eugene Peterson renders Psalm 92 in his contemporary translation. What a beautiful thing, God, to give thanks, to sing an anthem to you, the high God, to announce your love each daybreak, sing your faithful presence all through the night. And in many cases, God's people are actually commanded to give thanks, right? Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. That's a constant refrain in the Psalms. Thanksgiving, giving thanks, is commanded by God. So why is that? Well, when we give thanks, we not only give honor to God, the honor that is due his holy name, but we benefit. For it produces, the more we give thanks, the more we experience a grateful heart. And a grateful heart is a happy heart. You made me so happy, God. I, I saw your work and I shouted for joy. How magnificent your work, God. How profound your thoughts. Dullards never notice what you do. Fools never do get it. So learning to be thankful to God and to other people is a good and beautiful thing because it's the best vaccination against the poison of ingratitude. Ingratitude leads to misery. It's been said that unhappiness is a contagious disease caused by a chronic deficiency of gratitude. So it's so easy for, for us to take our good fortune for granted or think that somehow we deserve it because we are, after all, such good people. We are all entitled but giving thanks to god reminds us that all that we have and all that we are is a gift pure and simple and realizing that everything is a gift should make us humble now humility is a hard thing for people it's a hard thing for god's people because there's always the temptation to be proud and self-sufficient, congratulating ourselves for our own good fortune. When God was dealing with his chosen people, with the people of Israel, whom God had loved and chosen, uh, God had loved them especially of all the peoples of the earth, so that through them all the peoples would be blessed. But God faced a problem. He was leading the people to uh, the promised land, the land of milk and honey. He wanted his people to experience material prosperity. 
but God was very well aware that their prosperity might cause them to become proud and forget their God. So Moses solemnly warned the people, the book of Deuteronomy, he says, when the Lord your God brings you into the land he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you, a land with large flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant, then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. God was concerned that he might be forgotten by his people. And, uh, and it's kind of hard to figure out. God was concerned that he'd be forgotten. Well, uh, it may be, as we think about this, it may be that uh, God is a jealous God. God wants to always be at the center of our attention and will brook no rivals, right? He wants to be front and center in our lives. And that's certainly, surely true. But it may be that the dilemma God faced was that God wanted his people to have goodness and to know joy and knew that if they lost their sense of gratitude and thanksgiving and dependency, if they forgot to remember their God as a source of their good fortune, they would, in fact, become miserable people. God wants his people to be happy. Someone put it this way. Abundance without gratitude becomes consumerism, becomes greed, becomes jealousy, becomes an unquenchable hunger, threatens even to take the planet down. Abundance without gratitude is a bottomless pit of unhappiness. On the other hand, a life lived in gratitude, the life remembering the Lord your God is a life full of blessings and joy. That's what God wants for his people. He wants to be remembered so that his people can have true joy. So gratitude is an attitude that can be cultivated and worked at. So how can you and I become more grateful people? We can slow down and become a little more mindful. One of the first steps in practicing gratitude is slowing down so that you can notice all the things that uh, there are that we can feel grateful about. And it's often the little things that end up being the most significant. Finding the extraordinary in the ordinary takes attention and mindfulness. The beauty in a flower, the smile in a on a stranger's face, you know, it can start there. And when you stop long enough and reflect a little, it may suddenly dawn on you just how amazing life is. And what a miracle it is that we are even sitting here today. I often have that thought when we gather together. Isn't it cool that we are alive at this time and at this moment together when we, we're here? <laughs> I mean, life is... A miracle. And yet, uh, you know, we take it for granted. We don't think about it. We should be amazed all the time. It's fun to watch my, uh, our, little, uh, our little granddaughter who's, what, two and a half now? Uh, Mia's two and a half, whatever. And, uh, man, everything is new and everything is fresh and everything is cool. And, uh, 
And so, uh, you know, it makes us grandparents feel like children again. <laughs> and I, yeah, that is really cool, Mia. I mean, that is awesome. And these simple stories, you know, that have new impact on, on our lives. One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish, green eggs and ham. I mean, those are great stories. But the wonder of children, right? But we lose it. We adults, we become skeptical and cynical. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that life becomes old hat. It's a tragedy, actually. So we would do well to approach life something like an artist or a photographer. Artists have the ability to really see what's around them and are able to express the beauty that they discover, even in the most ordinary and mundane things. Elizabeth Barrett Browning reminds us in a short poem, maybe you've seen this before, Earth's crammed with heaven and every common bush afire with God, but only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest sit around it and pluck blackberries. God's creation should never cease to amaze us. How magnificent your work, God. How profound your thoughts. Dullards never notice what you do. Fools never do get it. So don't be a dullard. I like that word, dullard. That's my word for the day. I'm going to use that today in a sentence later. Dullard. Don't be dullard. Be aware. Don't be foolish. Slow down and be mindful. And then once we've done that, then we can shift our perspective so that instead of worrying about all the things we don't have or are missing out on, we can consciously shift our attention to what we do have and the good things that we have going for us. I love the example of the Apostle Paul. He was a very grateful man. And as he lay chained in some dark dungeon cell, he was able to write to the Philippians, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. I think that's actually a remarkable thing that he wrote because uh, Paul could so easily have complained about his terrible situation. He could have directed his anger towards God. You know, uh, he may, you know, he probably could have felt entitled because after all, he was an apostle. And here he is, he's in a dungeon cell, you know. But Paul kept a positive perspective on things, focusing on what was good and true and beautiful in his life so that he continually reminded himself of all of his blessings. And because of that, he knew contentment and peace. Yes, even happiness. So that he was able to rejoice and truly be thankful. 
fact, he was even glad that he was in chains. He was actually, you could say, he was glad to be there where he was because it gave him an occasion to share the gospel with the prison guards. Now, that's what I call positive thinking. Gratitude is a practice of noticing and appreciating the positives in the world and thanking God for it. And you know what? We do have to practice it. We really do. It's so easy for us to become negative, to think about all that's wrong in the world and all that's wrong in our lives. But we can practice giving thanks. I mean, every day upon waking up, we ought to be able to say, thank you, God, for another day. <laughs> I'm alive. You know, help me to live it for you. Thank you, God. Consciously, day by day, we have to look for what is good. Too easy, to, as I say, to give in to a spirit of negativity and to gripe. Someone shared this with me. I think it's really good, actually. It's called Things I'm Thankful For. The mess to clean after a party because it means I've been surrounded by friends. The taxes I pay because it means that I'm employed. The clothes that fit a little too snug because it means I have enough to eat. A lawn that needs mowing, windows that need cleaning, and gutters that need fixing because it means I have a home. My huge heating bill because it means I'm warm. The alarm that goes off in the early morning hours because it means that I'm alive. The lady behind me in church who sings off key because it means that I can hear. Piles of laundry and ironing because it means my loved ones are nearby. Weariness and aching muscles at the end of the day because it means I've been productive. The spot I find at the far end of the parking lot because it means I am capable of walking. All the complaining I hear about our government because it means we have freedom of speech. <clears throat> A Peanuts comic strip came out some years ago in the days just before Thanksgiving. And Lucy, we find Lucy feeling sorry for herself. And she laments, my life is a drag. I'm completely fed up. I've never felt so low in my life. And her little brother Linus tries to console her and says, Lucy, when you're in a mood like this, you should try to think of the things you have to be thankful for. In other words, count your blessings. And to that, Lucy says, ha, that's a good one. I could count my blessings on one finger. I've never had anything, and I never will have anything. I don't get half the breaks that other people do. Nothing ever goes right for me. And you talk about counting blessings? You talk about being thankful? What do I have to be thankful for? And Linus says, well, for one thing, you have a little brother who loves you. And with that, Lucy runs and hugs her little brother Linus as she cries tears of joy. And while she's hugging him tightly, 
Linus says, you know, every now and then I say the right thing. There is always something in our lives to be thankful for. No matter what you're going through, no matter how life, you know, no matter how bad life may seem, if you do indeed start counting your blessings, you will realize you are blessed. You are truly blessed. And the fact is, we have a God who loves us and who walks with us through this life. And if that doesn't amaze us, if that doesn't make us thankful, I'm not sure what would. Gratitude is the secret of happiness. And you and I cannot be thankful unless we have someone to thank. Thank God for his loving presence in our lives. What a beautiful thing, God, to give thanks to sing an anthem to you, the high God, to announce your love each daybreak, sing your faithful presence all through the night. So may it be. Amen.